It can't be that time of the week again. It is. It's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jodie Rainsford and David Hellard. Bad boy running. Amazingly, we're still broadcasting. We're still alive. <laughs> we're still alive. And we've never been sued. Not yet. Not yet. We're only 12 or so episodes in and still I haven't received a letter from anyone. But then we haven't released where our address is. So they could, they could be piling up somewhere in a PO but box. I take that in two. There's, either, there's, there's only two possible reasons why we haven't been sued. One is we haven't got enough, enough, enough listeners. That can't be the reason. Or two, we're not controversial enough. So, Ooh. which so one is it? The legal system is challenging us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Screw you, legal system. It's like on a first date. If you don't get slapped, you haven't pushed the boat out enough. <laughs> you think maybe I could have had a little bit of a squeeze. Oh, my goodness. There is... Uh... <laughs> okay, well, there's another swathe of female listeners that we've lost. <laughs> Literally, what was that? One minute, nine seconds into it. So, um, well, we, we we're going to have a very short catch up because we've we've actually listened to requests from a listener, which I don't think we ever thought we would do that. I thought we'd just normally ignore everything our listeners say and just be in our own little worlds, just happy and. <laughs> Um, continuing in that sense, but let's have a quick catch up before we introduce our special, special guest. So, JD, what have you been doing this last week? I have been uh, quite simply just running, getting on with my little program, and um, and preparing for uh, all the races that I've signed up for. Um, hasn't been particularly exciting. Are you really feeling fitness returning? I am feeling fitness returning. A little bit Absolutely. of zip in the legs? You feel, you know, you feel the strength coming back to you, like yeah. a sort of a slow-release Hulk. It's a nice time, isn't it? It's when, yeah. it's when you're not, you can, you, I think this when I probably get the most excited about running, is when I'm just on the cusp of getting fit again. Yeah, it's like, you're, there's, there's, it's like binary, you're either getting shitter or you're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting better, and it feels like I'm getting better as well. Just to, you know, and I know it's, I know it's, I'm just weeks away from being able to start fitting back into the, some of those, uh, some of my thin wardrobe. Perfect. So you're going to be looking gorgeous just in time to ruin it all at Christmas. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Have you got, Genius. Have you got any? Have you got anything planned for Christmas? Like races or anything else like that? What do you do over Christmas? To be honest, well, there's always this race. I can't remember what it's called, but. It's tantalisingly close to where my folks live. They're in Winchester. And there's this race on Boxing Day where you have to neck a pint and run a bit. And I've always wanted to go because I've always thought I would, I would smash that. Um, but Boxing Day, there's no public transport. And I'm never going to convince my parents to drive me there. So I, I tend to just um, be at home with my parents in Winchester. Um, and I, I, I actually run quite a bit over Christmas, partly because... I've got nothing to do in the house because um, my room no longer exists and uh, there's only so many hours you can... <laughs> it's been destroyed in the Donnie Darko style, sort of. <laughs> it's, it's, more, it's more they had to, had to burn it just to, <laughs> to get rid of the ghosts, to get rid of the demons. <laughs> to get rid um, of the smell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do train... Actually, Christmas I find quite an exciting time because typically I'm not that fit coming into... November, December. I've let it slip a bit over the summer, but I've, I'm always aware that marathon training programs around the corner, and you get that email from Runners World saying yeah. like minus one week to marathon training program, and you suddenly think, oh boy, boy, it's, it's time to get quick again, and I get that excitement. So I tend to run quite a bit around Christmas around Winchester, and and, and typically I'll just look on Strava for as many of the local records I can try and take out and then just go out and uh, just try and cause some damage. No, that's sensible. I do, I do quite a bit of running, even though it's a whole family thing. I do quite a mm. bit of running over Christmas. I'm planning to do a lot more. If the weather stays as it is, nice and cold and crisp, yeah. like that. I once did BMF on Christmas Day. Really? Yeah. How many people turned up? There were loads. There must have been 50 people doing it. I think, weirdly enough, if you say an event on Christmas Day, you get 
an inordinate number of people because everyone suddenly thinks, oh, how wacky, how crazy. <laughs> we can do it on Christmas Day. Who would thought? In fact, I did a park run on Christmas Day last year. It was brilliant. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, everyone was really ill from the night before. <laughs> but, oh, in fact, no, I didn't do a park run last year. I had my friend Sweetheart and Lucas and, and a guest who may be joining us later today turn up. And we turned up an hour early because they, they, <laughs> they put the park run time back an hour. And, um, and so we turned up at nine o'clock and it was painful to get there because we had been on it. And um, so, yeah, we ended up just jogging around. I mean, it's lovely, actually, just jogging around the, the river of Winchester and going a bit of trail running. Um, yeah, but I, I, I forgot they do park run on Christmas Day. I think I'll do that again. I didn't realise that. I don't know. I'll, I'll see if they do it here. I like the idea of doing something on Christmas Day. I think it's yeah, it, you know, gets you set up for what is essentially going to be a day of excess. Yeah, you don't feel so bad about and, nine thousand calories, and you and you feel superior to anyone else who, who pretty much hasn't done it as well, which is a very well, important thing. I never struggle with that feeling, so. <laughs> <laughs> as as one of our reviewers will account to. What test you even? <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of our yeah the uh, the two star rating. You elitist bastard. Absolutely. Well, should we introduce our exciting guest? Hey, on, on elitist bastards. What? what that was that's a terrible seg, wasn't it? We're talking about elitist <laughs> bastards, and now we're gonna... <laughs> that was the wrong time to seg. Sorry yeah, about. Oh that. no, let's, we need to. Should we, should we ramble on for another ten yeah, minutes let's talk into about a, like, yeah, a great, different? I, I've met some really great guys at the time. You know, when I went to uh, the BMF on Christmas Day. Do you know any great guys? No, we need a segue we can use into Pete. Come on, come <laughs> think, of something, think of something else. Um, right, I was... Hey, um, Claire Miller, she was properly hot, wasn't she? Oh, oh man, I mean, man. I remember. Yeah. I mean, Claire Miller has been going out of a lot of men in her life. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, yeah. now, now I, oh, I know someone who's going out with Claire <laughs> I know, Miller. I know the latest Mr. Claire Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had someone post in the... The Facebook group, the, the Bad Boy Running Pacer group, just saying, can you explain to me about obstacle races? What's the difference between Tough Mudder? What's the difference between Spartan? All these terms. Um, so we've gone me? out Was and... Did I post that? It might. Well, you've, you've often thought of it, um, I think. You've, I mean, you've never run one, have you? No, no, I've never run one. It used to be, it used to be sort of looked down upon when... Uh, when I was writing for men's running, the whole yeah. obstacle course racing was looked down upon as a bit of a fad. And so uh, I'm never able to run one as a journalistic endeavour. And so I've never, I've not done one since. I've, not, I've just never done one. Well, it's about to change. Once you'll be, you're going to be so pumped about them after this. So we've gone out and we've got, um, I believe I'm right in saying, um, and this isn't a proven fact, but I think it's a truthful <laughs> fact. <laughs> when have we ever had actual <laughs> proven facts? But I, I do genuinely believe this too. I, th I think so. We've got Pete Reese, who I I'm pretty sure has done more obstacle races than anyone else in the world. Um, he's set up the Obstacle League in the UK. Um, he's created a our, our sponsor for today, oh. which we forgot. Oh. oh no! Well, we are sponsored by Mudstacle today, everybody. Mudstacle. I know you're as excited about that as I am. Who's Mudstacle and what do they do? So Mudstacle are the a combination of Runner's World, Real Buzz, um, Bug Miles, Run24, all in one website. Haven't we criticised pretty much all of those? We have. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> we have. And, uh, but the, I mean, the, the big difference, I think, is um, Mudstacle is, is, is prim primarily a website. It doesn't have a an offline um, magazine but it, it's got a huge number of videos as well but it combines the league so if you're if you're watching a lot of the races are uh, in the league will be mass participant mass participation participation races so people will be there filming the 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 front end of the race but also having people running around uh, just loving it and doing doing loads of content you can watch to either get ideas on technique to get a, an insight into the races um but Pete, Pete runs that, and because he runs it, he goes to sometimes, well, well, let's, well, let's introduce him. He can tell us himself. Pete, Pete, welcome to the podcast. Yay! Hello. It's, to... it's very nice to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm truly honoured. So do you, I mean, the, that statement I've made, the bold statement. Basically, that, that... he's essentially said that you're using Monstacle as a giant freebie grabber. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> then, it might have started off like that. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I guess I just started blogging and going to these events, and yeah, I, I was quite pleased to get a few free events to start with. Um, but no, it's it's kind of grown into something a little bit more than that, really. Um, <laughs> how, how did it start then? Uh, well, just that. I um. So I've I kind of always been in media and marketing and um, blogged a lot, written a lot. I've written a lot for magazines before this. Um, and uh, I've always kind of written for other people's things and never done my own thing. And I was yeah. thinking for quite a while, I'll write my own blog. And and it, I actually took an afternoon off work and, and I hadn't decided what I was going to write my blog on at that point. My two ideas was I'll do a photography blog because I like yeah. photography or I'll do a, a, a blog about running. Um, because it was, uh, I'd, I'd done Tough Guy and I'd done Survivor of the Fittest, a few others, and it was just before Tough Mudder were coming to the UK, uh, and I'd booked off of that too, and I was kind of starting to train for it, back when I used to train for races, <laughs> crazy. and um, so I thought, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that, and, and, and in that afternoon, I just kind of set up a, it was a blogger blog, you know, Google blogger yeah. at the time, and, um, and just wrote my first piece, and then just kind of started like you know going to races reviewing them and just talking about me and training and stuff and how, how long ago was that then uh oh I, I, this, these questions I'm, i i get asked this all the time and i always yeah. like scratch my head and think oh i'll find out that before i I'll get asked <laughs> it next time. But i think it was um um i think I, I think it was around four to five years ago uh no no, 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 three to four years ago. I think it was about three to four years ago I started Monstacle, but then had raced for about a year or so before that. So that was really the birth of, of obstacle racing in the UK. I mean, I'd say, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a concept, you had tough guys survive the fittest. Yeah. It was only then. A, a few others. Yeah, there was, there was little bits and bods around. You know, I think Nuts had done a little bit by then. Yeah, Hell Run, of course. Was, and um, there was X Runner, I think, existed before it. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it's a, a tough mudder coming in because they, they came in with so much marketing buck and... And, um, you know, it was just kind of this this juggernaut of PR that surrounded their entry into the UK. Um, and particularly with their first event being such a success. I mean, they must have had 9,000 people, something like that. So I think everyone with any interest um, yeah. in, in setting up their own business uh, thought, oh, wow, brilliant. They can do it. I can do it. And then before you know it, you've got 300 events in a, week, in a, in a year. Um, so, yeah, they... they uh, people of course you'd say that they um they weren't the first race but i think they really did spark this, uh, this global it, yeah phenomenon that is is ocr now okay, yeah so, without so a doubt just taking it like right back to basics then so for for someone like me who has never run an obstacle course race i know about obstacle course racing but um but for for a listener that has never done it just explain you know what the difference between an obstacle course race is and uh, and a normal um, race, a mud run, a mud run. And, uh, yeah, there's these, these different types of levels. What what what's, yeah. the, what's the sort of difference between them? Yeah, so uh, in its most basic form, although I actually think it's probably in times the, the hardest form is the things like Hell Runner, um, which is really a bit of a jazzed up trail run, um, which has just got crazy hills. You know, you'll go through bogs a little bit more maybe than when you're than maybe than you would with your average trail run. Um, so that's kind of I, I'd like to class that within what we do because mm. I, I actually think nature's obstacles are probably the hardest obstacles there are, and right. and it, 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 it you know the same people like it, the same people are into it, and uh, and um, it's just kind of like a bit of more of a extreme form of running, I guess. Um, but but then um, at the other end is just uh, courses that are filled with man-made obstacles, you know things like walls and cargo nets at its most basic form. But you know going into monkey bars and things are getting really complex now. More the sort of things that you see on TV on Ninja Warrior, you know, mm-hmm. where there's um, you know these crazy rigs, which is just a combination of rings and nunchucks and bars that you're kind of dangling from um that re- rely on lots of grip strength and um so so really it's developed so much and the whole scene is so varied that actually uh, you know the, the it's hard to be um an obstacle racer that could be good at all of it with all the distance and all of the stuff that either relies on great running or great strength or grip strength okay so what so obviously it's it, it, i mean it's a relatively new sport as it were i mean it's i mean it's not relatively new in the sense that obstacle course course races obstacle courses have existed as a military uh yeah mm. an important part of a military uh, preparation and military training for a long time and now of course it's something but why why do you think it's become so popular now 
why what's what what is it about now that means that you know people are you know throwing cash into into doing this and paying, they're paying a huge amount of money to do some of these races and and going through it what what's the what's the the reason for its popularity I, do you know i think there's there's lots of things i i think a lot of it is to do with the pay, way people keep fit and train now there's 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 quite a movement to the outdoors i think um you know the likes of you mentioned before bmf but it's, um, they, you know, there's lots of people that are doing that, and I think it sits really well with that kind of thing. That kind of training sits really well with the, the actual activity itself. Um, but I, I actually I contribute a lot of it to the to the rise of Facebook and social media. It's like really? um, yeah, it's yeah. such a visual thing. Yeah. Um, you know, how many people do you know who's got a profile picture of them covered in mud or going over a wall or something like that? You know, someone will see it now and they'll see one of their friends do it, and it'll seem accessible, and then they'll want that picture too. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite as simple as that, but there's definitely a, I think there's a big element of like, um, yeah, you you've you've seen someone else do something exciting, and you kind of want to give it a go too. And and actually, when you I think when you do do it, it really is great. Um, it's it, I think there's a lot of things that I've done or been involved with that have been fads, and um, but this actually it does just get people involved in it, and it does make people want to make you know go back and do it more. Whether it's just the next year or um, you know there's a massive community now of people who are just doing it every week, which I don't know how they afford it to be honest, but yeah. um, it's uh, it's pretty impressive and it, it's kind of testament to, to, to how much fun this boy is and i think that photo that photo element is really important because if you think about running a 10k or running a marathon there's no point at which you ever look attractive <laughs> anyone in their 20s or particularly the people i know should we say a lot of them are, are constantly thinking how can i look good on my tinder profile and <laughs> so they, you essentially want to say i'm a fun outgoing person who's also attractive. Now, if you put a picture of a 10K or a marathon, you're going to say, I'm probably a little bit geeky and I'm very, very sweaty. <laughs> and, and that's not the message you're trying to send out. So the, the quality of photos you get, particularly as on obstacle course races, there's so many opportunities where you're in a team, you're, um, you're going through a silly bit and you're smiling, you're laughing. And you're you're not pushing yourself flat out necessarily all 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 the time. So the photos you get are really really nice. Mm. And it's only recently, really, that, that I actually believe it's it's the biggest marketing tool these events have. Yeah. And it's only recently they've given these photos away for free. Yeah. But of course, why really? the hell wouldn't you give a photo away for free and stick your logo on it? Because it's literally going to get everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's it, yeah, it's it, it's the biggest selling point of it all, I think. Okay, so when I when I think about obstacle course racing, and and if yeah, you know, if I was being slightly snobby, of course, I'd say that as a runner, like if you're a purist runner. It's not like a proper race. That's what if you were if you were snobby. I'm not saying that I would say that. I'm just saying that, that some people might say that. Uh, but I can see the 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 part about it that I really like. It's also something that I really like when I do multi day races or you know or when I do ultras. Is that whole like camaraderie thing? You do doing things as a team and doing things together and having other people enjoying it. And like you say, there's always constant smiles on your face, and it, it's very different. So why? If you add in the element of racing it, doesn't that change that? Um, uh, I don't know, to an extent. I, uh, the, of course, it's not like you won't... Actually, to be fair, you do see the racers at the front smiling the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you do see them helping each other out when they need it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people, even at the very top, people will say that. They'll say, you know, I'll go to a triathlon and someone will be swimming over the top of me. But I go to an obstacle race and... <laughs> If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm slipping down something, I'll have a hand up. I mean, it's only, I, I think actually that it looks like a part of that is that, you know, when, as it gets more serious, helping each other out is now not becoming allowed. Right. Okay. Um, you know, I, I go back a year or so ago at the, the, uh, Dirty Dozens UK champs where I, I, I think there were, you know, some of the, the, the female runners were helping each other out over obstacles, which is so great to see when they're racing against each other. But, you know, the walls were particularly big and difficult so um yeah great but uh, there's actually a lot of the more serious uh, competitions now they're saying that you can't help each other out or you lose your wristband or, really? or whatever means really? of um yeah competing there is but even so the uh, with only a couple of exceptions um the, the friendliness mm. in this sport is um it, it seems to be um seems seems to just run throughout 
Um, and so sure, like, I mean, I do both. So I, I actually probably spend about 70% of my time now just messing around with people and going together, going with the flow. And then probably about 30% of my time I'll, I'll be racing. And um, I love doing both. Uh, but I don't ever feel like I've got this kind of... Uh, this rage inside me uh, that, that I'm going <laughs> to win at all costs. It's, yeah, it's not what it's all about. What's quite nice, JD, that doesn't really exist in running is you've got all these running clubs in uh, in running events, and that's I think that's why there's almost a stigma attached to running clubs because you turn up and you see all these people in their club vests yeah. who are only talking to people in their club vests and then everyone else is pretty much by themselves they might know one other person they're running for a pb so they're going to run by themselves pretty much and it doesn't really lead to a a fun community whereas you've got race teams so you know i'm I'm in innovate ocr uh, and there's a few other race teams who are who are mates but they tend to be because it's quite a small community everyone will know everyone in everyone's race team in the community. So you'd, you might spot them around and the number of Facebook requests you get from people that you're not even sure if you've met them before <laughs> because they just want to get involved. But then you have all these groups. So Mudsicle, for example, Pete's League, you've got the website where everyone wears the yellow vest with almost a Forrest Gump um, muddy face on the front of it. And so if you've never run an obstacle race before, um, Typically, people go on Facebook, they'll email a, f- a few questions on the, in the groups and say, hey, guys, what does everyone think of this race? What would you advise? They'll hopefully get some friendly advice. And then they might join a group. They might join the Mud Queens or they might join Musical. And so when you turn up to a race, you see someone else in your strip and it's almost like you, they're a, fair, a fellow Southampton fan and you've instantly got a friend. You know, you can see someone who's wearing the same kit as you You've never seen them before, and you go, "Hey, Mudsicle, how are you doing? You've done these races before." And so it's built up of these friendly communities of people who are, who are doing it to because because you don't really get PBs because the race changes every year, the course changes mm. every year. People are there to enjoy it um, or to race hard, but to you know they're not racing for that time, so it's not quite as important as a 10k. So it's so so friendly because of that. Yeah, that's so. so- Explain to me how how the whole league thing works, then, because I mean that I'm I'm completely confused about how how that works. Um, yeah, it's um it's, it's it's a little bit different to how a normal league would work, I guess. And a lot of it comes down to what David's just pointed out. There is that yeah, the the, the course changes every time, um, and there's a different amount of people there every time. So so really, times mean nothing, um, and actually, positions kind. Of of mean nothing too if there's a different amount of people there um so so yeah the essence of the league that it's built on percentages and that it kind of came from me when i was being i was when i started out obstacle racing i was more competitive than i am now um in that i did properly train and um and did hope to do well and push myself um and and i found myself kind of always sitting within the same percentage i'd be like i'd know that if i i I should be getting in the top five percent and and if i get above that then then i know i've I've done particularly well um so so the league's built on that so um every event you go to um you score percentage points based on where you finish within the field um and over the course of the season you you can tally up a bunch of those totals as you go um but of course, we can't reward the people who are going to every event every week. So we only let um, people's top three scores count uh, at, at the end of the season. And um, but in addition to that, there's also bonus points based on how difficult, how competitive an event is. So um, it, it gets fairly complex. But um, the idea is really that yeah, you've got you've you've got to get three good scores over the course of the season, and then you're compared nationally. Uh, so there's a national league, so you can be competing locally, but basically. Sorry, you can be racing locally, uh, but you're kind of competing nationally as well in the league. That sounds really complicated. How do you work yeah. all that out? Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> horrific. It's absolutely horrific. <laughs> I am um, honestly, you won't believe how much time I sit with an SXL file, just kind of finding names and then like uh, calculating percentages, adding on bonus points, finding out where people are, adding their totals up, taking the top three. Uh, it's honestly the most horrific job <laughs> that it's almost <laughs> like I should get someone to like figure out how to develop some software to do it. I'm sure it's like it's super easy if you know stuff about software, but I am, um, 
I haven't quite got around to that yet. You're just so tempted I, to uh, go, oh, just, I'm going to pick three. There we go. You're, you're, you're the best <laughs> three this year. So, oh, so, no, sh- people, would, people would follow up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those things that people will look on the Monday and say, right, when's Mudskill updated? Where, where's, where's the league update? I want to see yeah, how yeah. many places yeah. I've risen. I, I, like, wrote, uh, I like how you said, yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Not me. Not me. Also, what's great about it? It means because, as Pete said um, earlier, there's 300 races or so in the UK, and is that that many? It's insane. I think there's 250 separate race directors. Is that right? Oh, it's something crazy. I, I don't know if I don't know if the separate race directors is that much, but yeah, there's certainly 300 races over the course of the week. Yeah, I'd, I'd. uh, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but I would I would guess somewhere between 150, 200, maybe brands possibly. That's know. crazy. Yeah, I don't know, it's been around what for three or four years, like yeah. properly. Yeah. It is crazy, and it is too crazy to be honest. Um, I think um, the market's quite saturated. And, yeah. Um, I think there's going to come a point where uh, I, I could see there coming a point where there's less brands, um, uh, but, 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 you know, big races. Yeah. So, okay. So I, well, the next question then is about, uh, how the team sort of dynamic works, how, you know, and that's really sort of like for you, how, how does, how do you have a team? How do you, how does that work in terms of points um, and everything? I, I, I'm not sure. Well, the team, uh, well, I mean, well, Mudskull, I can consider Mudskull a team, but it's a team that's open to everyone. It's not like Dave, Dave's team, which is a, you know, competitive, yeah. um, you know, uh, 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 top level athletes. Uh, Mudskull, like, always has been something that just come and join us, come yeah. and have fun, you know. If you, if you turn up to an event in a, in a yellow shirt, chances are there'll be someone in a yellow shirt in your wave and just, like, chat to them. The chances are you might end up running them with for a bit. Or, you know, if you're going faster or slower than someone else, you'll be passing someone else and you'll hang with them for a little bit and, you know, help them over the next wall and they'll help you over the one after that. It's, um, it's kind of our, our musical team is more like that. It's just right, more okay. people of a common mindset who just want to have a laugh and well that's um, nice i but, like that yeah yeah totally like that. so that, that's that, that's my like your elitist it, shit David. <laughs> <laughs> why are you why are you not inclusive and nice like that what <laughs> explain explain about your team so how did how did the the elitist bastards in your team get together well we we basically thought we're better than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> and we don't like people so how can we isolate them from us as as uh, immortals um anyway, we well, we started ours because and my friend Ross and John, we had travelled to this, the Red Bull steeplechase together and just had an amazing weekend. And at the end of the weekend, we were driving back and we were like, well, we should do this more. And it's really expensive. We should, well, not the Red Bull steeplechase. It's incredibly cheap because anything <laughs> Red Bull is. But typically, things like um, the races in the league are expensive because it costs a huge amount of money to set these races up. If you think how much a triath- triathlon charges... But and they don't even have to have the level of insurance or the level of structures. Obstacle if, if you consider triathlon uh, a sport, that is that that is a very good point. Yeah. I I consider it a um, a journey to a running race. It's a th- yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it's a it's a good run. It is. It, is, short, it's, it's, it starts like at the transition. Yeah. But um, yeah. We we just thought we get on really well. Let's go out and see if we can form a, a team so we can get some free stuff essentially a bit like this it's everything, this it's everything literally everything good is formed from a desire to get free stuff yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah without a doubt i am um, well if you see me going into tesco I go, I go straight to the discount aisle and just have a route around just buy food that i don't even like because it's just so cheap that it doesn't make sense to leave behind but anyway um yeah so we we then went to us to the the sponsors and and said we're putting this team together, um, and and actually Pete having this league, I don't know if we would have existed as a team without the league, because you almost need a focal point to show to sponsors. Because when you've got three hundred races, everyone in the country can say they've won a race, because there's not enough that there's too many races for to, to have decent races at all of them. So it almost becomes very hard for sponsors to figure out which races are, are good to sponsor, which ones are actually going to get them media attention and get them their brand recognition. So the league really helps with that, partly because Pete has got quite a, a selective uh, criteria for which races are allowed in. Um, but also 
at the end of the season, you can turn around to your sponsors and say, this is how we did in the UK league. Um, and the biggest races in the league, we did this. And, and what, what's not, what, what Pete didn't mention, he, he mentioned briefly that there's the, the bonus points. But some of the races, the harder ones, have bigger bonus points. And what's great about that, it creates showdowns where most races are worth, for the first place, um, 130 points. And there's a few that are worth 140 points. And with 300 races, the, the chances that you're going to have the top guys racing against each other across the country is pretty limited. Whereas a 140-point race in the, obstacle, in the Mudsicle League, you know you're going to have all the big boys turning up to uh, try and get those points because you're never going to win the league if you don't get a few 140s. Yeah, that's the essence of it. So yeah. how, how do you choose the races then, Pete? Um, so races, well, ah, it goes down to um, several factors, one of them being it's a competitive race where they they have chip timings, very important. Yeah. Um, they they value their competitiveness and they and they measure it well yeah. um they have a certain amount of measures in place to avoid you know uh, cheating or um um you know and, and they, they haven't got a history of people getting lost which is actually yeah. a fairly common thing in obstacle <laughs> racing sadly. really common <laughs> so so um so yeah if, if they're if they're a race which have got a reputation for people getting lost the whole time obviously it's not going to be appropriate because generally it's the people at the front who do get lost and they're the ones who should be getting the good points so that's very important um and also kind of try and get them spread around the country, of course, as well, because yeah. I think it's really important that we have. And it's actually that's that's actually one of the hardest thing about finding the races is um, is is finding that spread across the country of quality races who do value that competitiveness. And where, where are there? Um, where is there a lack of races? What, what part of the country? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a lack of. Uh, there's definitely a, there's a massive cluster of good races in the in the southeast for sure right. um it, you know i could you know you could have a whole league just in the southeast um and so then you go the beyond that and sometimes are. in the north is they, they do Poshly. go a little bit yeah they kind of become a little bit more uh, fewer and far between in the north and i you know at the beginning of every season you know um i, I get a lot of uh messages from people saying oh yeah we need to have more north and uh, it's just um, the regularity isn't isn't quite as uh, um, quite as strong as it down, is down. I think it's because of the army. Actually, if you think about races like Grim, uh, Tough Mudder, not Tough Mudder, what am I about um, Hell Runner, they're they're all set in army camps mm, yeah. because they've already got the route set out and mm -hmm. they've got the courses, they've got the natural obstacles, and for some reason, the vast majority of the army bases tend to be in the south of England. Mm, yeah so um yeah i mean it, it's okay you know we get to spread up up north now not i you know i'd still like to get more into the league so if you're a quality event organizer up north and get me along so i can check it out but um but yeah no we've got a um getting that spread is tricky and we um, and we do i think just about so something, so something that meant that we, we we talked about actually on the on the podcast a while ago there's competing leagues isn't there because oh. well, I was going to say, because we oh. I was saying that, yeah, is there some sort of unification thing? So, who who are the other leagues, and, and why are they not as good as yours? Well, uh, this is quite a recent thing, um, and oh, it's probably something. So, I, it, so they they're, they're treading on your toes. Yeah, weirdly, um, it's something <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't talk about too much because I'll probably get quite emotional about it. But um, I, uh, which I'm sure you'd love, yeah, you'd yeah, love the controversy yeah. if this I is... just went on a big old rant. But um, but no, I I um I actually. How does it make you feel, uh, I, Pete? How does it make you feel? I think competition is a good thing. Um, and, and I face competition in pretty much every element of my school, and it's great. Um, and and I, I, I love the other brands that we compete with, and we're all like a, you know, we're a big family. That's the awesome thing about this. Um, but the, I actually massively disagree with this, and I think it's harmful, um, and I think it creates division, and, um, and I think it also creates confusion, you know? Um, the people who are there at the top of the league, this existing UK league that's proven that it works... They're now going to win the league, and someone else is going to say, "Oh, I thought Joe Bloggs won the league." And then who's the best out of the two people? Him over there in that league, or him over there in that league? It's going to be like a boxing situation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's a good thing to have a second league, to be honest. Um, so but, basically, <laughs> before Jody, I start getting really angry, I should probably leave it there. Jenny, as a, as just to um, <laughs> to give an objective point of view, um, the other league was set up by two people who are race directors that have not qualified because of their um, 
because of mistakes that have happened in the past, their 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 races have not qualified for the Mudsicle League. Oh, okay. So they've decided to set up their own independent league of their two races. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was based on mistakes. I wouldn't want to spread anything like that. Definitely not. It's um oh no mistakes. But, but we're certainly certainly not. We, they're not two races that we have in the league. No. Well, the important thing is. The, and we can announce this tonight that Bad Boy Running is officially endorsing the Mazda Cool League. So yes. that pretty much has ended ended any Thank confusion you. for anyone <laughs> thinking about that. That means so much. I, mean, I, honestly, it, my, I, can, I can sleep well tonight knowing yeah. that. I mean, like, you know, Runner's World or, you know, Women's World, whatever. They want to they do it, that's fine. It's up to them. But as long as, as, long as the, the most important media conglomerate of uh, <laughs> PBR media says well I I I think we probably do have the the of all podcasts in the world um probably the the highest number of obstacle races in the UK listening to this podcast oh do you know what I love about that there's no way of proving that (laughs) that's the sort of fact that I love (laughs) (laughs) it's like when your dad has like a greatest lover mug (laughs) (laughs) exactly what it's like yeah, yeah. I should have gone with Greatest Father mug. That would have been... <laughs> I don't think my dad would ever have a Greatest Love mug. I don't know what his loving's like, but it's not his staff, should right, we say. Let's, let's end that there, because that, <laughs> that could get really odd. Okay, so, right. right I've, got some other, I've got some other questions then uh, regarding this. So, um, what... A, a while ago, David um, posted a view about um, the OCR World Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that he wouldn't go to the ACL World Championships because uh, they weren't elitist enough, um, and there was too many, too many people of uh, a higher weight and not as good. Wow! As, uh, it wasn't that I wouldn't go; it's ah, I, cho- ah, ah, I chose not to go. <laughs> David do you, Hellard, did you, do you agree with that viewpoint? Is that really the reason why he didn't go? <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't. It, I mean, um, Afghanistan was there, and no, no the, what? It was. That's it was more. Did you, did you listen to the podcast on being elitist? No, I didn't hear that bit of it. No, no, no. Oh, I am. Um, I am yeah, a regular listener. Honestly, I didn't hear I'm not that. like one. I'm not like one of these like um, the breakfast TV was, interviewers. He didn't like was the that? overweight chap who was getting who, who was boasting about the fact that he was going to go on a on a you know to the OCR World Championships or whatever. What? So what is what is your view on that? Do you? Do you think well, that it's, uh, it's, it's not elitist enough or is it a case of just it's a young sport? It is a young sport and, uh, and, that, and this it's a race uh, that needs people to do it to exist, um, the, the, the World Championships. Um, so if it was just the very top of the top, uh, that race wouldn't exist or it might exist for a year, but then it will just fold yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, I would be very surprised even with the amount of people that they've got going along to it, whether they've made any money, I would guess that they probably lost money the last two years. It's very sad, actually, a lot of these races, the ones that do particularly well and put on great races. And then they're actually, um, it costs so much more than people really expect to do these things. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really good thing to get more people along to it. Um, it's, I can see that, you know, the, the, the way I, I actually think that their qualification process should be more like the league. Um, I actually yeah. believe in percentages. And, you know, because there were certain races that if you turned up and you qualified under your age category, you could do that just by showing up because you'd be the only person in your age category. So, so you've got... That so, was a um, bit that, that, I was, that I complained about. That was a bit yeah. annoying. They can't help that. Yeah, yeah. It, they can't help it. And it kind of makes a little bit of a mockery of it a little bit. But, you know, when it comes to it, you know, you get there, there's the top world-class people when you actually get to the event. So it's, you know, if if you're not world-class, you're not going to win. So, you know, just go along there and just get beaten. It's fine. It's fun. Um, but but still, the best people in the world are still going to win it. So really, it serves its purpose. So did you go? Yeah. And yeah. what was it like? Was it good? Was, did, was Hellard missed? <laughs> it was actually. Oh, it you ruined been, it. It's so ruined better. it for everyone. <laughs> it would have been so much better, honestly. Oh. And it sounds, yeah, it sounds like it was a lot better than Afghanistan. So, um, yeah. yeah, you really missed out. But um, <laughs> it was brilliant, <clears throat> and it was extremely hard. So, you had to be really brilliant to be able to get around the course because you had to complete every obstacle. It was mandatory obstacle completion. If you didn't complete it, you had your wristband cut, which is just like humiliating. Yeah. Thing, um, which happened to me, and um, so uh, yeah, uh, people go along there, you know. Um, what I want to know, what I want to know. So you fell in obstacle, you get your wristband cut. Was there anyone who like ran off 
who refused to have their wristband cut and just went, I'm not having my wristband and just just legging it or pushing the guys or wrestling the scissors to the ground or... I, I certainly, I mean, at that in the UK champs, I've heard stories that, yeah, of people who probably should have had wristbands cut, probably should have had time penalties like that, but then just got away with it. So there was kind of like little rumours, nothing I saw personally, but there were certainly rumours abound particularly, yeah. It, oh, yeah. I want to know who it is. Uh, oh no, no, I don't know any names either. But I've just heard of, I've heard that people saw stuff and you are, know. All right. So it, are there? Because you know, obviously, I mean, I've, again, not having done one, it's very difficult for for me to imagine what it's like. But it, does a lot of cheating go on? I mean, surely it's quite easy to cheat. And how? And, and, and you know, I mean, how well manned are some of these obstacle courses? That, you know, and. Ah. Well, um, I, does cheating happen? Yes, I think it, I think it does in some respects, and um, I'm 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 quite well known for ranting about. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something different. Then I'm quite well known. <laughs> they don't call me T P for nothing. T P. Well, that's what Miller calls you, Pete. <laughs> yeah. um, so no, no, I am um, I'm quite known for well known for ranting about uh, burpees. Um, one famous. Race brand, am I allowed to say? Yeah, of course I am. The yes, Spartans. Yeah. They, um, they, they, if you fell an obstacle, yeah. um, they say that you have to complete 30 burpees, which is ridiculous. Like, I've run a lot of Spartan races, and I don't think I've ever seen, <laughs> I've hardly seen anyone do 30 burpees. I'll, because they can't, you know, if I'm doing 30 burpees, it's happened many, many times where I fell an obstacle and I start doing 30 burpees. Someone starts doing burpees after me and finishes. And finishes before I finished, so I'm not really that slow at doing burpees. So they're clearly not doing thirty burpees, or they'll just run past without doing anything. It's and th- and they'll have one marshal there, kind of to uh, trying to enforce it. And you know, people's main response to me when I complain about that is, "Oh, they're only cheating themselves." Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> shame on them. And, and, and like, I'm the bad one for mentioning it. <laughs> no, like, it, yeah, they're cheating themselves, but they're cheating me too. So. It, clearly, it's a broken system. Um, and um, Pete was in f- the five point one percent too many times. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that is that a cut off five percent? Right. So, wait a minute. Didn't you do like two hundred burpees at the end of um, that episode of uh, Special Forces? <sighs> oh, I ne- oh no! Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. You didn't make oh. it. Clear one, did you? <laughs> I did them at home while I was watching it. <laughs> I'd just like to point out at this stage, uh, and, I, I, and I, a question for you, really, Pete. You. Are you the person who's responsible for putting him up to um, uh, the offensive remarks he made against <laughs> and essentially making him unpopular with the entire nation of the Philippines? You know, I was really hoping this was going to come up because like, this is just amazing because I get notification every time a Filipino slags Dave off. It's just brilliant. It's daily. Daily I'll be like, oh, what's the latest Filipino slagging? How many, have? How so yeah, he has made a complete enemy of the entire nation. That, um, and actually, I've, so in, over the series of Ultimate Hell Week, don't know if if anyone watched or not but we had um we ran a musical tv that backed up every episode um and we had uh, well david planned when we were actually at a spartan race in wales which happened to be at the same venue as he he, he had recorded that the, the, their base camp was at and um they uh so we recorded this bit where david does a press up stands up and goes fuck you dante the the filipino instructor and they took so much offense at it and um so 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 they honestly believe that they're that he's criticizing their ability, um, uh, sorry, criticizing the, the Filipino army. And the, um, yeah. and it, it's unbelievable. It's, I, I need to publish the list of things that have been said about David because he's, oh. uh, he, honestly, if he goes, if he ever goes to the Philippines, uh, I think they'll have his photo behind the desk of passport control. <laughs> oh, I, 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 straight I, into a back room. I read some of them and they're just brilliant. They're really, you have, you have absolutely you know, dishonoured yourself in front of an entire nation. Yeah. It's just incredible. I mean, thank God it's only the Philippines, though. I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, I could have chosen them far worse. Say I'd done it to uh, to the Syrians. Oh, oh, if they were coming for me. But the, the, the weird thing is, is that... So most of those musical TVs, because I use BBC footage in them, most of them have got taken down now by the BBC. So they've, they've got... The, oh, yeah, yeah, because of copyright. So yeah, none of those oh, really exist on YouTube anymore. So I need to remake them, basically, and without the, the BBC footage. But that one's left in. So I think the BBC <laughs> have like thought, oh, no, this is too funny. We'll leave that one on there. 
it's because they can get some news out of it where I'm crucified. Well, I love that. There's no, there's, there's no context whatsoever. There's just you offending a Filipino. <laughs> That's all there is. Really. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, so like, I just let's, let's, what would be really interesting to know um, from like both of your point of view is you know, sort of an insight into uh, you know the sort of races and stuff for people that don't don't really know OCR. So I don't know how snobby it is or anything, but are there any generally accepted races which are the best obstacle rate obstacle course races to do? What what yeah? You know, what would you say? In fact, were the were the best ones? Yeah. Uh, are you allowed uh, to say Pete with your position in the league? Oh yeah, totally. I'm I'm, okay. I'm pretty open, pretty open okay. all about. Well, I think it's pretty good. Um. And uh, I would, uh, I think if you'd ask me, oh, it's a really tricky question though, because lots of them are diff- really good for different reasons. Yeah. And actually what appeals to me now might be completely different to what appeals to, uh, the, the, you know, someone who's just come in and done, you know, three or four events. Yeah. Um, how, about, how about we start with first timers? No, that, that was a question I was going to ask you later. If I was okay. doing my first race, okay. what one would you suggest I do? So I'll come to that later, shall I? Oh, yeah, come to that one later, but yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, best of it. Okay, my highlights of this year, I would say probably the best races. I'm... uh, Okay, so I fell in love with obstacle racing through Tough Guy. I think they've got an amazing course. So that's the first bit of props to them. They've they've got something that no one else has got in the world. They've got this incredible, crazy build course that's just monstrous. Um, But actually, my real love for the last few years... If you can, can, for each one you mentioned, do like... uh, Toughness out of ten, fun out of ten. Okay, and why um, well, they're tough? Yeah, tough guy. Um, so tough guy is. Um, I think when you walk on there, it's got this crazy atmosphere, like you're walking into something really scary and really special. Um, and um, and I feel like. Uh, uh, oh God, I'm lost because I'm talking to Jody and Jody's walked off. <laughs> <laughs> so if this is this is at home, we're having edit. Jody is home alone at the moment with two kids. And Jody is a terrible parent, even <laughs> when his wife's around. So at the moment, he is... Jody, uh... don't do that to the baby. <laughs> oh, what? We're not meant to copy Michael Jackson in that way. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm referring to the hanging the baby out. I'm not, not the other stuff. Not the other stuff. <laughs> what I love about this is Jody won't hear any of this until he comes back and starts trying to edit this episode. And we'll suddenly then have to, Jody, you're a cock, Jody, Jody. <laughs> Jody, I've slept with your wife repeatedly over and over again. But um, yeah, so, I mean, Tough Guy, Tough Guy's the, the original. Yeah, it's the original, yeah. So, um, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, they, they, so uh, what, they've been going like 25 years now or something. So they definitely brought obstacle racing to the masses. And for the first time, obviously, it's got massive history in in, uh, in the military and everything, but uh, in, in a certain sense. So, um, yeah, Tough Guy brought some massive run, run by uh, Mr. Mouse, who's uh, he, um, the, the character who set it up. And what would and you say you'd go to Tough Guy for? What would you go there for? Um, I think it's definitely about you go there for the challenge. It's a massive challenge going to Tough Guy. It's um, it's um, it's pretty hardcore. It, it, like I said, there's this kind of thing when you walk on there, everything... It's got this atmosphere that you actually I don't think is replicated at anything else I've been to. Yeah. Um, just everything's weird. It's like the obstacle course that that's just have bits latched onto it. It's got ivy growing throughout it. It's it's kind of there's 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 bagpipes and drums and and everything just looks weathered and worn in and scary. And it's full of um, Germans as well. Yeah, yeah. So people are coming from around the world for it and. Uh, um yeah it's uh it, it, it's brilliant so uh, so on a toughness if you go there in the winter which is the original race the january race so tough i know you were yeah. talking um a couple of weeks about your dnf in there and it's very common um i've 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 had my worst experience there i've very very ill finished it but um i was i've never been so badly hypothermic as i was there yeah. um um so so yeah it's, it's way up there on the toughness scale i'd say from a um an assault on the senses um, it's it's the the most extreme there is, um, but actually in terms of physicality, I think there's more physically demanding courses now. Yeah, I think that's what that's why I love tough guys. I wrote an article about tough in, mm. in for innovate, um, and what I like about tough guy is I truly believe anyone who's trained a little bit of fitness can run you know a half marathon could go there and finish the course. Yeah, yeah. But it's still one of the toughest courses in the world, mm-hmm. which I love. How many how many races can you genuinely say that anyone could finish it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great. Um, and it's that in and out of the water thing and the wind and yeah. you're going up high on these structures and the wind cutting across when you've just been underwater. It's just, just bonkers. Um, so, uh, yeah, got to give props to Tough Guy. Um, moving on, yeah, so over the last couple of years, I've really, Nuts Challenge is yeah. amazing. So yeah. they're in Dorking, down in the southeast. Um, and their course is um, it's just full on. You're, you're yeah. climbing up a bank, going down a bank, you're climbing over a wall, climbing up netting, and it's every few paces. So you're just, you never get into a running rhythm at all you're always covered in mud every footstep you're slipping all over the place no matter how good your your um your 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 uh your studs are uh, not studs but you know um, what they called lugs are um and um it's uh, it, 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 there's although the course is only seven kilometers long um it's the longest seven kilometers yeah. you could ever possibly do yeah. and so i went to that first time and i went for their what three laps of it which would have been 21k and that was just after i'd done my first tough mudder and i was like yeah i could do 20k <laughs> 20k tough mudder i could do 21k of nuts challenge what's that? oh and it destroyed me um so then i was like oh wow i gotta go back and do the ultimate which was the four laps in the winter yeah. and that one there i had a little bit of knowledge about what the course is like and i went into it and there were a couple hundred people on the start line who had no idea, really. This was early days of nuts and particularly yeah. that four-lap challenge. And, um, and I was one of six that finished of the 200 that started. So what? it was, um, yeah, <laughs> what? it's yeah. crazy. Um, so oh, my God. Like Tough Guy, you're always in and out of water. And there was, it was icy water and very windy as you came out of this deep lake. And, and, um, and, it, which was, and it ended up taking like nearly six hours to do 28k um it's just crazy um so so from a challenge point of view i fell in love with that it's just yeah. not what you expect it's so hard and um but also knowing that you can actually do the 7k and have a brilliant time as well so i think that race has got something for you know joe runner just coming into it for the first time have a great time there going right up at the other end of the scale if you want to do what i could consider to be the hardest race in the uk you can do that there too but what's quite cool about it, I mean, um, to, to, to stress how hard it is, John Alban, world champion, he went for a nap halfway <laughs> yeah. around because he, so, he was so hypothermic. Yeah, and that was the race. So that was the same race. That was the same year. And so I beat John Alban. I, I beat John Alban. He, he went for a nap and didn't get back up again. So I, um, Are you sure that was a nap? That, uh, <laughs> no, no, then, as in he was nearly dead. He was he passed in the bush. out. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> As per usual, this is one of those interviews that went on for so long that we've had to cut it in half. So this is the end of part one. If you want to hear more from Pete Reese and Mudstacle, head on over to part two.